Can you handle the truth? The informative voice for Christianity, The Marty Mento Show. Well, welcome to The Marty Mento Show. I am your host, Marty Mento, the blue-collar theologian, the informative voice for Christianity all across America. And once again, we are delighted to have you aboard here on The Marty Mento Show. Uh, I tell you right now, this week has been one of those weeks. I don't know about you, but uh, you know, I tried my best to post a brand-new podcast show the other day and hear Facebook, Instagram. Everybody was down. Everybody was done for the day. And uh, I, a lot of people were thinking, we've been hacked by the Russians, the Chinese, or whatever. I'm not sure exactly what happened, but uh, we didn't get a chance to do uh, a Marty Mento show podcast for you and to get it up and rolling. And uh, But today, it's a different, a different story. We are all set to go, ready and raring to go. And I'm looking forward to sharing with you today from God's Word. You know, the other day, um, our last podcast was entitled, You Say You Believe in Jesus Christ, So Do Demons. Now, I want to tell you, folks, that if you have listened to that show, you should be sharing that show with everyone that you know. The reason why is because, once again, so many people say they believe in Jesus, but what does that really mean? I really believe since I have started this podcast, this is probably one of the most important uh, shows that I've done so far. And it is really, it, it challenges you to think. It takes you back to the Word of God, and um, it presents the reality of what the gospel message is about. It's about Jesus Christ. And when we believe, is it's just an intellectual belief in the facts and the evidence, and we say, okay, we believe it to be true, but that third step in which we truly place our trust, or we entrust ourselves to Jesus Christ and Him alone for our salvation, that's what we call saving faith. And I am concerned today that many people in our world uh, have got number one, number two, and the aspect of believing going on, but when it comes to number three, they have not done so. And that's why I I want to encourage you to share this with all the people that you know, but also today I am going to piggyback that by really talking about what it means to be a Christian. So last time, you know, we talked about, you know, people say, I believe in Jesus. Well, what does that mean? Today's going to be the same thing in a sense, but it's going to be a different twist on it. There are people after people that I mean all the time who say, I am a Christian. I'm a Christian. And I believe still today in America, statistics prove that those who claim to be Christians uh, are still a significant number if not the majority in the United States of America. However, those numbers are falling, and they're falling rapidly. And that's unfortunate, but true. But when people tell me that they're a Christian, I ask them, what does that mean? What does that truly mean to be a Christian? And that's what I want to deal with here today uh, on the Marty Mento Show. Um, (laughs) This claim this label that we want to put on ourselves, we have to realize some things about Christianity that I think a lot of people just don't understand. First of all, if you have your Bible, I want to encourage you to pick it up and follow along with me. 
Um, or if not, you can listen to this later and get the text and, and you know find out exactly where I was and what I was saying. But I want you to realize something. The word Christian uh, was used for the very first time in Antioch. We find it in Acts chapter 11, verse 26, and it said, And uh, it came about that for an entire year they met with the church and taught considerable numbers, and the disciples were first called Christians in Antioch. They were called Christians in Antioch. Now, this is interesting. They didn't call themselves Christians. It was the people of Antioch that called them Christians. And I think this is important for us to understand, but when we think of one who is a Christian, we think of one who is a Christ follower or a disciple of Jesus Christ, but truly one who follows Jesus who claimed to be the Christ. And so we have to come to understand that in the Word of God, the word Christian is used, but the way that it is used and the way that it is used today, unfortunately but true, is really two different things. And that's probably what bothers me the most is because there are many people that just don't understand that. Because when you begin to study what the Christians looked like, what they were all about, you begin to realize um, that what takes place today by many who claim to be Christians, it's not the same thing. It's not the same thing. And so... um, we have to really look at this. That's why I ask people, when you when you tell me I'm a Christian, I ask them, what does that mean to them, that they are a Christian? Well, I'm going to tell you from the Word of God what I believe distinctively the Word of God teaches about one who is a Christian, one who is a Christ follower, one who is a disciple. And I kind of want to break it down for you. But I really believe in my heart that if you study the Word of God, there are really seven what I would call traits or characteristics of a true Christian. If you want to look at your own life, and I want to start there, you know, so often we look at other people. We look at other people and we want to point a finger, we want to determine whether or not they are Christians. You know, sometimes I hear statements like, well, they don't act like a Christian. They don't talk like a Christian. But, you know, it's interesting, in the Bible, God's holy word, we are exhorted by Jesus, by Peter, by Paul, James, John, to really look at ourselves, examine our own life. I mean, instead of always being concerned about someone else, I get this a lot with evangelism, too. Everybody's concerned about the tribe in the middle of a jungle somewhere on another world, a part of the world, excuse me, uh, that has never heard the gospel before, what's going to happen to them? But instead, first and foremost, we should look at our own lives. We should make sure about our salvation, our calling, our election, as it says in Second Peter. We should make sure. We should examine ourselves to see whether or not Christ is in us, to see if we're of the faith, to see whether or not we are who we claim to be, or we're a Christian. Now, I don't want to get really preachy here because this is the Marty Minto show, but at the same time, I I really believe that the former message, teaching, talk on the Marty Minto show was of great importance, but this one is right there up with it. Because I know a lot of people who listen to the Marty Minto show claim to be Christians. 
They claim to be Christians. Matter of fact, I grew up, I'll give you just a quick testimony real quick, because this is of the utmost importance. And it may take a couple podcasts for me to get through this, but I want to share this because it's so important. I grew up as a very young boy in Newcastle, Pennsylvania. My earliest recollection was I was a part of a Nazarene church. Then that church folded up, and then we became a part of a Pentecostal church. And then in the midst of a Pentecostal church, I find myself being a part and belonging to the, uh, the Wesleyan church. And really, when I was in high school, you know, I spent quite a bit of time at the Wesleyan Church, but every once in a while I would pop my head back into the Pentecostal Church. Now, I'll leave these church, churches nameless, because that's not really the point, but I grew up in what I would say was a Christian home. My mother proclaimed to be a Christian. Her mother proclaimed to be a Christian. Uh, we went to church all the time. I cannot stress to you how often I went to church. I was in the church all the time. And, um, you know, we would go to Sunday school. I went to youth group. And I remember when I was just uh, becoming a teenager, just before I was a teenager, I went to church camp in a place in Fort Wayne, Indiana. And I remember going to church camp. I was so excited. We were having a blast. And the speaker, the guest speaker for that week was powerful, just absolutely powerful. And a long story short, at the end of the message, he said, listen, if, if you want to put your faith, your trust in this Jesus, I want you to go find a rock somewhere or find some tree or go out in the woods by yourself somewhere, and I want you to confess your sins to Christ. I want you to pray to him, to God, and say, hey, listen, I, I, I'm, I'm a bad, I'm a wicked, evil person. I need Jesus. Just, just, you know, let, just follow what's going on inside of you. Well, I'll never forget, I went out into uh, this, you know, big piece of property, a lot of woods, beautiful, beautiful campground. And I found this rock, and I jumped up on the rock, and I sat there, and, and I thought about some of the things that he said. And I'll be honest with you, it kind of made me upset inside, emotionally, because I, I knew that there were things that I had done and things that I was doing at that time that just really didn't match up to who God was or what God expected from a Christian. And I, and I shed a few tears, and I, I prayed a prayer, and I, quote-unquote, I asked Jesus into my heart. Well, when we come back, we, we you know, everybody was all excited, and people, they were asking if you did accept Christ, you asked him into your heart, come on down. It was like the price is right. Come on down. And we, you know, who accepted Christ, we went down to the front to what they called the altar. And we went down there, and people were all excited. They were hugging each other. Tears were flowing. And I'll never forget, the, the guest speaker said, welcome to the family of God. You're a Christian now. You're a child of God. And you now need to grow. You need to learn. You need to become all that God wants you to be, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Well, you know, we left, and we ended up coming back on the way home in the van, the church van. People were excited because there was a few of us that had asked Jesus into our heart, including myself. And we got back, and that next Sunday at church, you know, there was everybody was hooping and hollering, excited about what God had done. And um, I noticed something from that time forward. I actually, believe it or not, and, and I know this is really going to sound probably, whoa, I became more rotten. 
that time period, the emotion, the excitement, it lasted for a week or so. But I got to be honest with you, I, I went back doing the same things I was doing. And I can honestly testify not that I'm proud of it, but I got worse. My life got worse in the things that I was doing. And as I look at it now, I became more wicked. It was almost like I was intentionally standing opposed to God and the things of God, but yet I asked Jesus into my heart. I supposedly became a Christian. But then I struggled because, hey, I was raised in a Christian home. I, ain't I automatically a Christian just because I'm raised in a Christian home? My mom's a Christian. My grandmother's a Christian. You know, people around me claim to be Christian. So I had to be a Christian. To me, it was kind of like I was sealing the deal by asking Jesus into my heart. I, I had to do what I had to do, but I got it done. And when I got it done, it was a good thing. And, you know, but I, I became more and more wicked. And then I remember as I grew up, I ended up eventually, long story short, because sometimes the, the Marty Minto stories can be quite long. I don't want to leave anything out, any details, but ultimately I became a pastor. And I began to pastor churches, and I began to realize even as a pastor, I was not who I claimed to be. I wanted to be that, but I, but in essence I didn't, because I'll be honest with you, it's just... I, I was who I was. And, you know, Jesus was perfect, and I was preaching Jesus, but, you know, like many people have told me over the years, well, I'm not Jesus. And I, and I kind of took that on, too. Hey, listen, I'm not perfect. I'm not Jesus. Jesus is Jesus. Marty's not. And I'll never forget, uh, as I was doing ministry, I got caught up with, which a good thing, God in his, just his, um, really his sovereignty, I got involved with Christian Talk Radio, which took me in, the, in our, my ministry out west, and I was out west doing a daily talk radio program. And uh, there was a gentleman who I met for the very first time, never heard about him ever before. His name was Dr. James White from Alpha and Omega Ministries. He had a program on the radio station on the weekends, and my manager said, hey, Marty, you really want to connect with this guy. He's a good guy. Um, you know, uh, we need to kind of help him. Maybe he could expand his program. You know, all the typical radio stuff, and you should have him as a guest. Well, I had him as a guest in the studio, and uh, be quite honest, I was, like, impressed. Man, this guy had some insight. He had some. He had knowledge about things that I never heard of before. Uh, you know, he was teaching at, uh, as an adjunct professor, and he was bold with the gospel uh, towards the Mormons out there, uh, in that area of the country. And I mean, I, there's so many things, but he's just a great guy. And I, I began to do interviews with him, and I, we, he would come into the studio. He would be what I eventually labeled him as the in-house theologian of the Marty Minto show. Back then it was called Straight Talk Live with Marty Minto. But he was in my, my in-house theologian. And I would host um, interviews between himself and others who would stand opposed to some of the things that Dr. White was writing about. Matter of fact, he, he has written some just amazing books. If you ever get a chance, Dr. James White, uh, Alpha and Omega Ministries, um, it just A-O-M-I-N, I think it's .org or yeah, .org, I believe it is. Uh, check him out online. Uh, you'll be blown away. Uh, but anyways, he has his own, he has his own talk show, does, does his own things today, and, and God has used him in a mighty way. But long story short, 
uh, he was um, in the studio one day, and uh, he doesn't recall this, but I can understand because he is a very, very, very busy man. But he was in my studio one day, and he was doing an interview. And i got to be honest with you, uh, he stayed quite long in the interview, which I appreciated. Uh, but at the same time, he began to really get underneath my skin. And the reason why he began to get underneath my skin, and, he, and again, he doesn't even remember this, because he kept on sharing passages of Scripture. He, he kept on talking about the Christian life. He kept on talking about the, uh, just the Holy Spirit and the life that, that has changed. He, he started talking about what God does in his sovereignty and salvation and election and, and being called by God. And, and it's not, a, not necessarily knowing him, but him knowing you. And he said things that really stirred me. i got to be honest, it, it kind of set me on the edge because I grew up never hearing most of these things unfortunately, but true. So, so at the end, I just said to him when we were done, I said, you know, I, I need a few minutes of your time, and I'll never forget. He says, I don't got time to give you right now. He says, we could talk about whatever you're going to talk about. We'll have to do it later. I said, no, I want to talk about some of the scriptures that you were talking about today and God's role in salvation, election, and stuff like that, and the, the change. I want, I want to talk about that, and I'll never forget. He just blew me off. He said, I can't. I got a meeting there. I got to go here. I got to do this. And again, he doesn't remember any of this, but I do. But I said, listen, we write down real quick, and he did. He jotted down on a piece of paper, which I wish I would have saved that paper. I saved it for the longest time, and somewhere along the way, it got it got terminated. <laughs> but anyways, uh, he wrote down the scripture, and I found myself that night after I got home, and we had a wonderful dinner with my wife, who's just a wonderful cook, and I really mean that. We enjoyed dinner with the kids, and um, we watched a little bit of TV, some news, and did stuff like that, and uh, she was tired, and and uh, the kids were tired, and they had a big day the next day. And so we decided that, you know, it's going to call it an early night. And I, I went and we tucked the kids in, you know, said their prayers, did all the stuff. And she says, I'm going to bed. I said, I'm not going right now. I said, I just need to, I need to wind down. I need to spend some time alone. She said, I understand. She said, but I'm, I'm, hit, <laughs> I'm hitting the sack. So she went to bed. Everything was quiet in the Minto house. And I just was unsettled inside. I'd be honest with you, I, I was, there was something that was wrong. And I'll never forget, I pulled out that piece of paper, and I pull, pulled it out of my Bible, and um, I looked down, and I began to read. There was about maybe six or seven verses or passages that Dr. White had said, look at these. And, and he's told me we could talk about them later. But, um, you know, I knew he was Dr. White, and I was Marty Mento, the talk show host. I mean, he has a lot of important things in life to do, but I sat there thinking about him in the interview, thinking about a conversation, and I looked at one of the passages, and here it was, Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17 and 18. Therefore, if any man is in Christ, he is a new creature. The old things passed away. Behold, new things have come. Now all these things are from God. Now it's talking about the new things now. Who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. When I read those two verses, I'll never forget, I began to cry. And the reason why I began to cry, because... 
I thought I grew up as a Christian. I thought I was a Christian. I went back to Fort Wayne, Indiana and Bible camp and asking Jesus into my heart. And I realized that whether it was being in church, whether it was saying that prayer at youth camp was the life that I was living. I became a pastor. I was educated in the Bible and schooling. I was teaching other people. But as I looked at those two verses, I was broken. I was broken by myself before God because I realized something that really just overwhelmed me. And here it was. I was never a new creature. Nothing ever changed. Matter of fact, it got worse. And I'm just being honest with everybody out there who's listening. It got worse. It's like I... I purposely rebelled against God, even though I said I knew God. I just could not, and I would not accept some things, and I just, but I did not become this new creature, this new creation, where the old is past and the new is come and all the new is from God. That didn't happen. And I began to look at the Bible, began to look at people's lives, began to look at the stories, began to look at the testimonies within Scripture. I looked at the Apostle Paul. I, I, I looked at uh, uh, others that Jesus, um, uh, Zacchaeus in Luke 19, and others, and I began to realize something happened in their life that's never happened to me. And I'm a Christian. It's because that's what I said I was. But was I truly a Christian? And I came to realize, I'll make a long story short then continue here with the show, but I realized that night I wasn't saved. Jesus wasn't in my heart, or I didn't have the Spirit of God within me. I never had been changed. And here I am, a preacher, a teacher, a Bible teacher, but I never was changed. I looked at my life, and I realized for the very first time that I was wicked. I was depraved. I was was wretched. I was spiritually dead. I was a corpse to God and the things of God. Everything about my life was opposed. Even though I proclaimed it with my lips, my heart was far away from him. My heart was a heart of stone. I didn't know him. I knew about him because I grew up in the church. Went to Sunday school youth group. Went to Sunday morning, Sunday night, midweek. I had tons of Bible, tons of talks about Christianity and the people in the Bible and the stories and that. I I knew all that. I had an intellectual understanding. And if you would have asked me, I believed in Jesus. I believed in the facts. I believed in the history, the evidence. I believed it to be true, but I did not ever truly trust or entrust myself to him. And on that night, I'll never forget, I'm broken, and I'm beginning to weep. I mean, I'm weeping uncontrollably. I, matter of fact, I got, I got concerned for a moment because I didn't want to see my wife to see me like this. I didn't want to wake up the kids. But I realized who I was, and that night, I realized who God was. I realized that God was holy. God was pure. God was righteous in everything he did. He was a just God. He was in control of all things. And I recognized for the very first time that ultimately he was the judge. I didn't have to answer 
to my mother. I didn't have to answer to my wife, to my kids. I didn't have to answer uh, uh, to, to my pastor at the church I grew up in. I didn't have to answer to other people. I had to ultimately someday answer to the one who was holy. And I'm not holy. And what in the world am I going to do? And I was so broken. I'm just being honest with you. I, I, I know I'm carrying this on, but I want you to understand I was broken. And it reminded me, just like the uh, tax gatherer the, uh, who said he wouldn't even look to heaven but beat his breast, and he asked God to have mercy on him. I, I didn't pray a prayer that night. I, I just said, God, please save me. I know you don't, and, and I, I meant it, that you... You don't need to. You're not, you don't have to. And I just recognized for the very first time, if I were to die, if I was to die before that night, I would have perished. I would have perished. I would have been lost eternally. But that night, Christ saved me. He forgave me of all my sins, of the past, the present, and the future. That night he reconciled me to God the Father. That night I was justified. I was declared righteous by God. I was declared to be right with him because I had put my faith, my trust, I've entrusted myself to his son, Jesus Christ, and him alone, and the life that he lived that I couldn't live. And paying the penalty for my sins on the cross and shedding his blood and trusting that he truly did raise from the dead. He's alive forevermore. He conquered death. He conquered the penalty of sin. And I was reconciled. I became an adopted son of God. And all I can tell you in that moment, even though I'm sharing those words right now, that stuff in its entirety, was foreign to me. But because of Dr. James White and what he said in that broadcast that day, he said things that I just never, ever truly understood, never grasped, never in most cases didn't even hear about. I grew up as a kid with most time, you just come to this place they called an altar, and you cry and you ask Jesus for forgiveness, and I don't want to beat up on anybody, but I did not hear the gospel. I did not hear. And to Dr. White, I heard the gospel. I heard the truth. And that's where I came to realize more than ever before in the life now that I live. Simply this. Listen to this carefully. The greatest evidence, the greatest evidence of someone who truly is a Christian, is a changed life. There has been a definitive change in your life which is produced by God and God alone. You're not producing it. You can't make it happen. You can't go to some 12-step program. You can't get involved in counseling or or try to somehow uh, create a way or make a way. It doesn't work that way. It has to be produced by God. He takes the heart of stone and he gives you a heart of flesh. 
He changes you from the inside out. And one of the things I do remember, and I'm trying to find it here quickly, that was one of the passages that Dr. White used in this discussion that we were having. He was talking about a work that God would do, and he would do it all for his glory. He would do it because of the holiness of his great name. He would do it for his own sake, and that the nations would know that the God of Israel truly is the living God, the only true and wise God. And I find that in Ezekiel chapter 36. And, and I'll never forget that. And on that night, in the quietness before God, he took that heart of stone and he gave me a heart of flesh. He placed his spirit within me. He changed me. And I have never, ever, ever been the same. And, and, and I got other things to tell you about that I've learned from the passages of Scripture over the years that go along with these seven traits of, of a true Christian. But I realize more than ever before that if that not be the case, that's why Jesus said, unless one is born from above, he'll never see nor enter the kingdom of heaven. Unless God does something in your life or in the life of your loved one or the person that you work with, the person that you live next to, the person that's in your family, whether it be your wife, your husband, your kids, your parents, your grandparents, aunts, uncles, cousins, unless God does a work in their life, they are going to perish. They're not going to be saved. They're not going to be rescued because we don't all get to go to heaven. That's a lie. Oprah Winfrey has been telling, raised a Baptist, which doesn't really mean much, but raised in a Baptist home. She's come to believe that all roads lead to the same place. That's not true. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one will come to the Father except through me. And I realize that this is the key. Luke chapter 19, Zacchaeus, he's changed. He tells Jesus, if I've taken from people, I'm going to give back many times over. I, and Jesus declares him to be a son of Abraham. He's been changed. We see the women who are prostitutes changed. We see the Paul who was a zealot, a passionate zealot for the things of God. He really believed that he was doing God a favor by having those who were called Christians put in the prison, beaten, and even put to death. He was changed. The list goes on. What you see is you see this definitive change. And I believe with all that's within me that that's the key. And next time we get together, honestly, I'm going to share with you. And I don't want this show to be a, a preachy show, but, but my heart is burdened. i got to be honest with you. I spoke to a dear friend the other day, and he said, he just texted me, you know what? Put on your show what's on your heart. And the last show and this show are the two things and some other things that are really pressing upon me in my heart because we are living in the last days. We are living in, in, in a volatile time period. We are living in a time period, and even though there's nothing new underneath the sun, while we are alive, we have a work to do. We have a gospel to proclaim. 
We have to stand up and we have to defend the truth. We have to speak the truth in love. And there's so many people, I believe with all my heart today, that are in churches that are, they call themselves Christians, period. But there's never been a change. They're, they're the same. And then maybe in, like in my case, they've got worse. And they're in trouble. And it's a matter of life or death. So as I get ready to end this podcast, I'm just going to ask you to look at your life. I'm going to ask you to look at 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 17 and 18. I'm going to ask you to look at Ezekiel chapter 36 and read what God says he's going to do for Israel. But ask yourself, has, has he done this for me? Have I been changed? Am I a new creature? Is the old gone and the new come? And that new is from God. Again, you can call yourself anything you want. You can claim to be a Christian. But is there enough evidence, is there enough proof in your life to make that claim valid? It has to be more than just words. But what it has to be is has to be a work of God. That's the key. It has to be a work of God. And that's why I tell people, and some people look at me, I, I could see it in their eyes because they've never experienced that. That night, God saved me. I wasn't drowning in a body of water, and he threw out the life vest or the life buoy, and it was Jesus, and I raised my hand, and Jesus raised his down to me, and he grabbed me and pulled me up. No, I was on the bottom of the sea. I was on the bottom of the water. I was spiritually dead. I was hopeless. I was helpless. There was nothing about me. Nothing I could do for me that in any way, shape, or form would make things right with God. I was spiritually dead to him. But he reached down and he grabbed a hold of me and he brought me to his son. He revived me. He gave me life. He truly changed me from the inside out. I was born from above. I was born again. And the repentance, the faith, the believing in him, the spirit who now dwells within this wretched flesh, it's all because of him. He's the one. He rescued me. He saved me. He sought after me. He did what only God himself could do. I couldn't do it. That's why salvation belongs to the Lord. He gets all the glory, all the honor, so that none of us will ever boast before him. It's what God has done. And I could share so many other passages of Scripture. I could share so many other things with you. But I just want you today, at the end of this podcast, to say, have I ever been changed? Have I been made brand new? And that newness affects every area of your life. And next time we get together on this podcast, I'm going to share those areas. I'm going to share the things that God says will be evident, the, the things that will be definitive in your life. 
because Jesus said you'll know them by their fruit. By their fruit. And the only way you could bear fruit, you have to have the Spirit of God within you. Galatians chapter 5, verse 22. He talks about the fruit of the Spirit. And we'll talk about more of that later. But again, if you have any questions or comments or anything you want to share, email me, martyminto at gmail.com. I would love, love to hear from you. Thank you so much for listening. Tell others about the previous program. But folks, share this program. Share this program with people. And again, encourage them as I encourage you to look within, to look at your own life, and to ask yourself, am I truly a new creature? Thanks for stopping by an apologetic show that doesn't apologize for the truth. The Marty Mento Show. 